I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Back to Outer Travel in a Journey with me, Alexandra, and today's guest on the show, Dr. Daisy Bowman. Here we are, Daisy. Welcome Hello. to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Let, let's conjure what's behind the doctor. It's a real doctor, isn't it? Where you, um, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, so I worked uh, for about five years in various hospitals in England. Yeah. So I was a junior doctor. I don't know what the equivalent in Germany is, but... So I, have, I hadn't committed to a specialty as such, but I was a working doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. And now you're living in Germany. So you moved to the countryside, to the south of Germany, right? Yes. Yeah. And you changed profession because now you are an Ayurvedic practitioner. Mm -hmm. And it says here you're specializing in conscious sound and music and all means of self-empowerment. Uh, mm -hmm. to harmonize and find joy, you know. So I know we said earlier we're almost doing the same thing, yoga and uh, Ayurveda, but Ayurveda has so many facets and I like that you chose the sound. Can, can we kind of talk a little bit about it? Why is it a specialty in Ayurveda or why do you, you know, think it's a specialty or what makes it a specialty yeah. to you? So, um, I mean, just to go back to the whole doctor side of things first, just because it, as you bring it up regarding sound, it's, it's, and I've been contemplating this the last days, it's, it is how it relates to our mind and our state of how we can maintain a, a mental balance and clarity in this kind of increasingly crazy digital world. I mean, AI is also coming in now. It's also, mm. you know, it's a, there's such an intensity about it. And it's even as a, you know, a yogi, a meditator, all these kind of labels and practices we've done, it's, you know, walking a tightrope all the time. And yeah. um, so when I was a doctor, I, I mean, what I wanted to do when I uh, first signed up to medical school I, I felt I wanted to do psychiatry which was all about obviously the mind and mm. I always felt that those with mental health problems have, have kind of broken certain boundaries of societal norms and touched something that's a little bit outside of the box which I felt really relating to that mm -hmm. in a certain way as well but what I found when I started my training in psychiatry was that it was just what I thought was a calling was a kind of a, a black hole of um, infrastructure that doesn't serve a healing intention yeah. and I couldn't thrive in that environment basically mm. Mm. and uh, throughout my journey as a, a yogi and going deeper into these practices I discovered Ayurveda and went on my own healing journey of course and mm. alongside that also discovered kirtan and mantra and several teachers told me you know this is your path this is your your way in ah. one teacher specifically said ah. that to me ah. i think this is it could be your way in and yeah. another teacher also encouraged me to really refine and use the sounds and 
evoke certain emotions through Indian ragas. I know you also have been practicing with the ragas as well, and also just mm. the pure sound of Om. And so I went really deep into the sound of Om in the last years, just chanting it every day and then moving into the Bija mantras, which are like mm. the blueprint sounds of nature. Yeah. And then when I went into the Ayurveda practice, obviously discovered, well, for those who aren't familiar with Ayurveda, the builder, building blocks are the five elements mm. which relate to these five Bija Mantra sounds as well. So, and I just found Ayurveda so, it was just awesome. And it was the first time I actually felt like I'm a doctor now. When I speak to patients, I felt like I'm actually helpful and giving yeah. them something that's useful to the feeling of well-being and whether whether it's spiritual well-being or just emotional or physical doesn't matter it was really actually working and it and I felt good doing that as well and what I've noticed is that many people come with anxiety and tendencies to go into dips of depression and mm. even if they don't have those things per se Many, many people say to me that the the mind is just like crazy, bonkers all the time. And um, mm. I have been finding over the last few years that progressively my mind, which what has always been this kind of like, you know, crazy monkey mind, of course, uh, started to really, really pacify through the practice of the regular mm. practice of sound and chanting yeah. on. And it was a really great surprise to me that one fine day I kind of looked around and was like, oh, I'm not really chasing my emotions anymore. I'm not indulging in my emotional highs and lows anymore, which was always my kind of Achilles heel, if, if you know what mm. I mean. You know, we all have something. Everybody's. Yeah, everybody's, yeah. But I really, <laughs> you know, would go to extremes, like really high highs, really low lows, just mm -hmm. this kind of constant drama, constant drama. And then this om, the chanting of the om, it just did something on so many levels. And so I've just been exploring that really, trying to create certain practices that, and weaving it together. I, you know, I'm only a freshly baked Ayurvedic practitioner. I've just yeah. finished my le um, le level two. So I've been practicing for a couple of years now. Um, mm. But so now I'm, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm in this stage now where I'm really trying to weave the two together and, and find out how to how to present this for people and also deepen in my own journey of it if that makes sense yeah, yeah i love it and i think we need to clarify some of the language for you sure, already sure. used and uh, mm -hmm. um okay so you talked about om which i want to talk about in a moment so we want to come back to this dear listener in a moment's time but um so bija i think not many people would know that and you know mantra mantra is just a word that is you know usually in sanskrit and is infused with a certain mm -hmm. uh, part of the body or is infused with a sound that is recreated in the body as a vibration that's how i would explain it or maybe you can say a little bit more to that yeah absolutely so i, I I try not to go into too detailed of an explanation because mm -hmm. it's so experiential. So, of course, bija means seed and om is also considered to be a bija mantra, the ultimate bija mantra, so yeah. to speak. Um, but they are sounds which have been heard from sages through the ages, sages, um, mm -hmm. when they are in deep meditative states and mm. in the silence, out of the silence, out of the silence come these 
almost blueprints of sound so subtle that we can't, you know, really say they are these sounds, but then they come out like mm. this. So it's the closest thing it, to the sounds that are heard by those sages. And there is a principle in sound healing, sound using sound for treatment and in these contexts where you can tune though tune others to the frequencies of the sounds you can tune yourself so there's something like the mozart effect where it's said that these are divine sounds that have been downloaded yeah. through mozart and then yeah. through listening to that you can become in tune with the universe from in in that regard so it's a similar principle and on another level there's where they have two metronomes in a room clicking and um mm -hmm. they will eventually go together tuning so this is also when we're in a group setting and chanting together that we all start to move into the same frequency because of the sounds they are communicating with each other because we are all made of sound ultimately so yeah <laughs> sorry about that um yeah i found it really funny um daisy uh, i can say daisy right oh, of <laughs> <laughs> um that I was just thinking about when I started yoga, you know, that was not even in the 70s, it was in the 90s, but in Germany it wasn't well known and, you know, a lot of people thought like yoga and those hippies, you know, it was like not the good man's sort of tool to enlightenment or to be, get in touch with God really, you know, that's what they were saying, it's like not it's not right because hippies are just super duper crazy right and and then that became suddenly a path in the west where uh, everybody was like attracted to this physicality and expressing yourself and experiencing yourself in physicality and then to to some of us to find that it's even going deeper you know and then everybody okayed the yoga and then everybody started okaying ayurveda even you know even though it's like the indian healing uh, system or the sister system to yoga and now we're coming up with this mantra thing you know and i think we're back to everybody thinks it's a hippie thing you know all these om and you know like and i'm not making fun of you i'm just saying how wicked you know, the universe can be with like, when we start to attach to one of those methods and then we start to consume it and shape it mm -hmm. into forms of commerce, you know, and forms mm -hmm. of taking the magic pill to feel better, which a lot of us have done, you know, we, we, we started doing it to mm -hmm. feel better. And then we kind of got, some of us got stuck on a plane, on a certain plane, you know, and then the next thing came up and now it's Ayurveda and how you eat and when you eat and this has gone into mainstream and you know i find that the kirtan and the sound healing is surfacing more and more you know it's it's in this kind of gray shade of being acknowledged and coming to the surface and then and at the same time you know you can see how it becomes more commercialized in one sense and it still loses the depth for some people and um, i I'm just saying this as an awareness around what you were trying to talk about here, this, this rupture that also is being mirrored by the AI movement, you know, that idea of artificial intelligence kind of replacing everything we want in life and need to do in life and making it more comfortable. So, um, 
in the same way we can use these tools to feel more comfortable you know but there we are we are par with whatever is going to rise from ai and this is I think where you and I and everybody who has an interest to step deeper really, you know, and is on the research has a real chance to start this inner communication that you've given us already by saying what chanting OM alone, you know, has brought to your life. So what comes up when I talk about it like <laughs> that uh, for you? Yeah, a few things. Um... So the first thing about this commercialization and this commoditization of everything. And at first I, I was also, oh God, you know, it's just mad kind of thing. But I think that's just going to always be the case that everybody mm. does something different with, with everything. And I used to, you know, I had always had such an intense longing in my heart for something more. I didn't know really what that was. And when I found the yoga, it was like the match was lit the dry wood. And I, it was like, I give myself 100% into this process. Didn't matter how messy it got, all the, everything I had to go through, there was this intensity that would take mm. me through each time because I just knew in my heart, like, that I am seeking something and to just trust that also when the right teachers have just come to me and I have never had to look for it because life is supporting the, this inner process. And at first, of course, I was like, everybody has to see the truth, has to, you know, want yeah. this. And yeah. one day I kind of realized that everybody's not looking actually, and that's okay. And even those who are maybe are not so intense as you know, whatever I have, maybe there's someone more intensely committed and, and it's just fine to be like that in a way. And mm. so this, the, I guess that's my, that's one side and it's, it gives me really a great appreciation for those who really do have the integrity and those who have maintained it through such a, a long inner journey to be able to pass that on in, in with full integrity and with mm. full with you know it's a download of grace in in and yeah. you you feel that touch when you meet those beings and i'm really blessed to have met such beings in along my journey so far you know and they really inspire something that's beyond words they touch something completely beyond what is said what is presented in mm -hmm. front you know so and I, and I even think about the first time I heard a mantra called the Gayatri Mantra. Probably many listeners have heard of this, maybe some not, but it's really an, the mantra that comes out of Om. And I first heard this chanted and it, it did something. And, it mm. would, and I had no idea what this meant. I mm. just felt something stirred in deep within. And so this kind of leads me in a way to the, the AI side of thing. I've been really pondering it because, I mean, it's incredible that what's being created out of the AI, you can say, make a man, you know, instead of a woman in the girl with the pearl earring or even a ferret or something like that. And it will create this painting that looks like it's done with a human. And even sounds now are being created. But the thing about sound where it's used with conscious intent or conscious healing intent is this word intent you know and that sound can carry very subtle imprints of this heart's intention and there is you know a, a phenomenon about the the connectivity of the heart which is very difficult or in fact impossible to measure and 
it just makes me really wonder, is this ever going to be possible that AI can carry the imprint of the heart through sound, through any of that? Mm. Maybe we're not always able to detect those things, but mm. it's, it's really, that's on one side. So I was pondering it. And on another side, it, it gives a feeling that it's even more urgent that we start to recognize what's contained in our own voices in our own hearts in the sounds that are subtle in these you know expressions which are between the lines because very soon probably everything's going to be taken care of on on these kind of material factual knowledge level and Indeed. we really have to tune into these subtle uh you know frequencies mm. which bring this much more intimate connection with life itself with nature itself so mm -hmm. it's really a big question mark but it's intensified in a way my curiosity about the role of sound now because like, the third side of it is and just bringing it back to it is experiential and mm -hmm. we have to have experiences mm -hmm. to have a meaningful understanding of something or to move through something and where we can in cap you know somebody can't just tell you oh calm down you know if you're feeling stressed <laughs> like oh okay i know i should calm down i know i should take a breath and i know i should just be watch the thoughts and be calm hmm. when you chant om for example i'm not saying it's the only way to create calmness but it's you are chanting a sound which is fundamental to existence and your own essence the universal essence and as you chant it the every cell in your body vibrates with it or every subtle wave in your mind and body is starts to hum with the sound of om and doing that enough you feel your body and mind come to calm without even needing to say oh calm down and through having this conscious sound creative process of of making the sound you're also observing and creating an experience which is immersive and it's harmonizing and observing at the same time. So you are being this witness at the same time, creating the conditions where it's easy to witness, if that makes sense. Mm. And the other aspect is you're working with waves itself and everything is a wave. Mm. No matter how gross or subtle, everything is a wave. And so when you come to work with sound, it's like uh, you become the artist of the waves. You become, it's like the artist of the universe or it's, a, it's your medium you become familiar with. Mm. And so you watch yourself creating waves and then you see the waves of thoughts coming in. You see waves of emotions coming in, strong, big ones, small ones, you know, some as big as your head kind of thing. But mm. it's like uh, that. And that witnessing capacity starts to grow as well as your harmonizing of your system. You get empowered slowly, slowly through this. And so that's the kind of third thing that came up when you were speaking about all those things and, yeah. and just why I love to work with sound so much and why I feel it's so important now. Yeah. And it's so cheap and it's, it's so you cheap. Know, like, yeah, it's, it's, so cheap. it's like it's nothing. free, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You don't need any funding. You know, you can also sit yeah. down with the next, uh, download from an om and try to recreate it or just listen to it you know it's like this is the conundrum of our modern times you know mm -hmm. i was talking um to somebody this morning about it the even i have still after all these years of pa practice you know three decades of practice at this point you know I can easily run into my impatience at times. Mm -hmm. And what the impatience brings is like the, the want to change 
immediately. Let's say you know you have a toothache. Yes, you want that toothache to be gone. Everybody <laughs> understands because it takes away from your energy, it takes away from your focus. And so, yeah, I want the aspirin. I'm not saying anything against mm -hmm. medication, but I'm saying that um, in these phenomena that we call imbalances, these eases, you know, in Ayurveda, mm -hmm. this kind mm -hmm. of where we're out of ease, mm -hmm. in these phenomena where we can find ourselves early enough observing symptoms, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. that we can easily remedy with something from nature, maybe the chant of an om or maybe just lubing a little bit our nostrils you know so that we can stop the allergy kind of taking full blow or whatever it is we it needs that intention inwards and impatience is what takes us outwards you know or what takes me outwards it's like you know like i want a solution now so i can speed ahead you know of what is and the chance and the curse for me in AI, just to swing it around to that piece, um, is that we will find that we have more time even on our hands. And do we, <laughs> how do we want to spend that? And a lot of us are afraid of spending it with ourselves, to be honest. Mm. You know, that's what I can hear more and more and which kind of ripples through even when I talk to people that I coach, you know, like that it's almost like, they are afraid about themselves, you know, like, like you could relate to that. And I can relate to that, the racing mind, like horses, you know, in the night and aging women have it, you know, like when you come into menopause and suddenly you're awake at night and the racing horses come along and whatever, or wherever we are in this day and age through COVID, through, you know, poverty, through war, whatever is kind of looming uh, mm. around us and at the horizon is, is unpleasant for us to observe. And so to observe ourselves in that is not everybody's forte. And mm. this is where AI kind of brings us at the, it, in one's way ease you know we get a lot of taken from our hands you know we might not have to deal with alzheimer patients that repeat and repeat and repeat you know stories and but we have somebody who is serving them with a lot of patience so to speak but <laughs> yeah. on the other hand side when we get more time at our hands what are we going to do with it? Are we just going to consume the next best movie? Are we consume more food? Are we going to consume more of nature? Mm. It's a very interesting topic to me in that way, you know, like this is the, we are at that, to me, we are at this cusp, you know, in, in this day and age of, of yeah. needing, and the big teachers really talk about it, you know, like the needing to wake up to this, you know, to this, just being friendly, let's call it friendly, intentful, experiential, you know, like, or wanting to experiment with ourselves, you Absolutely. know, yeah. yeah, 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 I think um, the two, two things came to me, well, three things, <laughs> when you were speaking about that just now, in a way, it was first about, just makes me appreciate the kind of fundamental tenets of the Ayurveda, which uh, where you consider as a practitioner what is your really your purpose in doing this dharma artha karma moksha so dharma mm -hmm. is your true purpose artha is 
living with wealth you know that you're yeah. allowed to earn and live well from that which is your gift and which you are there to serve karma is to enjoy sensory experience of the world and it's said that if you are bringing these three into into balance and really nurturing them the moksha liberation takes care of itself you know mm. and so this kind of question about you know what we're really here for it's like it feels like this is another way that ayurveda is not just for healing the the you know uh, aches and pains arthritis and all of that kind of thing but it's so fundamental and it brings back to this kind of question and uh whether people are asking that or not and it doesn't really matter in a in a sense when i meet someone in front of me for example because i would try to put it in a language that everybody can understand which is and 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 this has led me towards creativity yeah. uh, understanding our need really it it's so urgent to be a creative being and i don't feel anymore that you know that anybody's not creative i think everybody has that something in them that wants to create and be childlike and be like you know a free bird inside mm. it's just that you know of course in 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 ayurveda we have got vata dosha which i often give the analogy it's like a bird or a butterfly which is you know if this bird is free or this butterfly is free it can just go here there and be you know enjoy life but the moment you put some kind of pressure or cage on it it's getting very aggravated and very mm -hmm. like panicky and anxious and this kind of describes this restless state that most of us find ourselves in a lot of the time but this bird this vata constitution or tendency is it's it's also representing creativity and this original unique expression and so just to bring it back to also sound as well which is what i love because you know you relate all of these things to the elements and uh, vata is representing air and ether space so and this relates to sound the each of the i hope this is not too complicated for no you know no, the, no, we've yes, been, yeah yeah so the element of uh, sound uh, it sound is related to ether and so each of the sensory objects have got an element related to them so sound is related to ether and in fact your last guest he was talking about music is the fifth element i was amazed because he didn't have any ayurveda background and he had come to that completely on his own that music comes yeah. out of this most subtle space and i really find that on this level the sound is calming this vata dosha this calming mm. this bird this this child inside mm. and and making the present moment with ourselves more palatable more bearable because you can just rest in silence you can come back to stillness and my last teacher he was always talking to me about drinking the silence sipping mm. the silence through the sound so behind every sound is silence and at first you won't it's like when you first try a sip of alcohol when you're a teenager you're like what's this <laughs> but then you because your friends are doing it as well you're like oh okay drink more and more and then you oh yeah you acquire the taste for that mm, and yeah. it was really like that when we were chanting mantras and kirtans at the end is this silent space afterwards and it's so charged with all the mantras vibrating the air and the space around and it's so easy to sink into a silence with yourself into the heart and which is not really accessible normally you know
And so I've been really exploring the, the different spaces that create more restlessness or create more stillness and which practices bring you really to this silent and yeah this is the the place that we always end up anyway with whether we're traveling here traveling there you know we're always with ourselves as we know yeah. mm. and uh so we have to really make this space a nice one a good one <laughs> and mm. so and, and this is the, the, leads me to the third point and i shared it with a few of my uh in my yoga class the other day because I realized that the narrative between in, inside my head and most a lot of people's heads is very critical, very, very critical. And um, I used to just beat myself up all the time, you know, give myself such a hard time about everything. I'm not saying I'm completely immune to doing that now, but one experiment, and I love that you pointed out this kind of need for ex experimentation with ourselves because i think this is really what keeps the kind of curiosity and joy in the whole process and not too rigid and dogmatic mm. also but one experiment i kind of just came to me one a few years ago about maybe five six years ago it was just to start speaking to myself like i'm my own child <laughs> you know out loud sometimes i would be like come on darling we can do this let's go over mm -hmm. here especially if something was difficult i didn't want to do it i would actually imagine that i'm taking myself by the hand and putting my arm around myself and saying we can do this don't worry i'm here i've got you and this has done something really really good inside of mm. me to you know soothe this critic this inner critic and i've worked with it in different ways but again it's sound it's the voices of our own head you know uh -huh. the different you know yeah, <laughs> our, yeah. our, the voices inside our heads and we've yeah. got no clarity about wh where these voices are coming from who is this voice not that you have to go to the root of it oh it's because of my childhood or or you know this trauma or however used to speak to me like that it doesn't really matter it's just when we can find a way to sink a little bit deeper and speak to ourselves from there and create a more joyful inner conditions that makes it easier to just be alone and to move forward like that so yeah it's mm. <laughs> just responding mm. to yeah what you said. yeah and thank you and i'm at it for a long time now i feel <laughs> though we've been, um, but um and i think you've done almost a sum, sum up but if there is a gift you could give to the listener right now what would it be like you know a pearl of wisdom I, I think you already gave a lot but maybe there is something that kind of comes up for you I would say uh, use sound use your voice to access the silent space within and ask the big questions to this space and see where it leads you yeah nice And I can only encourage you to work with the lovely Daisy Bowman. <laughs> you can find her on YouTube and she has a, a free workshop, you know, on how to learn the harmonium. Isn't that, is that still available? I'm not it's sure. Still, it's still available, yeah. And, exactly. yeah. and there's also a course if anybody wants to really take it further. Yes. The next one is in September. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a version where if you're very self-motivated, you can just do it any time as well so yeah and just you know follow her i'd say on 
YouTube. That that is a beautiful way to kind of get to know your work. This is how I found you, and uh, yeah, follow you. Daisy on her website, and you will get what you're seeking for if you're seeking for this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time today, Daisy. It was really an honor to have you and Thanks. your loving kindness, you know, uh, on the subject and. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs>